You're listening to Worship Life Radio with Pastor Holland Davis of Calvary Chapel San Clemente on today's edition. If you can look back over your life and remember a time when you were walking closer to the Lord than you are today, if there was a time when you were experiencing His presence and His power in your life in a greater way than you are right now, then you are in a backslidden state. You are in a backslidden state. There was a time when you were closer to God. There was a time when you were more on fire for God. There was a time when God had a higher priority in your life than He does today. Our relationship with Jesus should be like that of the poor widow who searched for her last lost coin until she found it. It's going after it with every fiber of your being, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, leaving nothing out, leave nothing behind, seek the Lord. Consequently, if you choose not to, Jesus may just take you back to the very beginning where sin ran rampant in your life. He did it with Israel. He'll do it with you if he has to. Are you drifting away or drawing near to Jesus? This is Pastor Holland's message today. Let's join Pastor Holland in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4 as he begins his message. Seek the Lord. Today we're going to be in the book of Deuteronomy, in the book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to be looking at at a message today dealing with drifting away, just that process of drifting. And at this point, Moses is at the end of his career as the leader of Israel. He's in the Jordan River Valley uh, across from Jericho. And he's about to transition leadership of Israel to Joshua or to Yehoshua, um, as they say in the Hebrew. And Joshua is, you know, the one that the Lord has picked, the one that the Lord said to, to anoint for this role. And so Moses is not going to enter into the promised land. He's been forbidden by God to enter the promised land. And so while he is waiting to enter into the promised land, uh, he writes the book of Deuteronomy. And so the book of Deuteronomy is the final words of Moses. It's the last things he says to the nation of Israel. And when you're giving your last words, when you're imparting you know, the last things you're going to say, you tend to say the things that are most important to you. You focus on what really matters. This is your legacy. This is what you want to be known for. I think about Paul when he was writing to Timothy. He wrote the book of 2 Timothy. And 2 Timothy is the last letter that Paul wrote before he dies. And so he's writing about what is most important to him. He knows he's going to be martyred. He knows that. And so this is what's on his heart as he writes to Timothy. In 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That was the most important thing to Paul at that time. Timothy, you need to rightly divide the word of truth. You need to rightly, accurately communicate God's word to people. And then Paul warns Timothy of what is going to happen, of what's to come. He says there's going to be perilous times. Perilous times will come and dangerous men will lead people astray. And he says don't have anything to do with them. 
When you see that happen, don't have anything to do with those men. You know, we're living in perilous times right now. And as I look across the church, there are dangerous men that are rising up and leading people astray. I recently saw a video of a pastor that basically said, you know, hey, all these, my pastor friends are criticizing me. And so guess what? We're, we're kind of going to go on our own. You know, we've got lots of money. We've got lots of popularity. We've got lots of fame. We're not going to be accountable anymore. We're just going to strike off and do our own thing. That's a dangerous man right there. When you begin to put your strength and your power in the arm of the flesh, when you begin to depend on your resources, when you begin to uh, look at your likes on Facebook or Instagram or your popularity, and that becomes the determination of your strength, you're on dangerous ground. And those are dangerous men that lead from that position. And so as Moses is telling this new generation of Israel, the story of how they came from Egypt and ended up at the promised land, Moses is reminding them. Moses is reminding them of that glorious day at Mount Sinai. We've talked about it many times, where Israel is gathered around the mount and God says, go tell them to prepare. I want to talk to them directly. I want to speak to them face to face. And the fire descends upon the mountain. The cloud descends upon the mountain. The mountain begins to shake. There's a loud trumpet sound that starts to happen. And the people are afraid. They see the fire. And it says they stood afar off. They said, Moses, you go talk to him. You tell us what he said. And so Moses is telling them what God said and how he gave them the law, the word, the Torah, how he established his government in them as a people, that he was their king. And then Moses makes the transition in chapter four from being a historian, telling them how they got from here to there, from being the lawgiver, the one who the law came through, to being a prophet. And he says in verse 23 of chapter four, take heed to yourselves. Literally, he says, pay attention to your soul. Pay attention to your soul lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God which he made with you and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. And then he begins to prophesy over the nation of Israel. In verse 25, he says, when you beget children and grandchildren and have grown old in the land and act corruptly and make a carved image in the form of anything and do evil in the sight of the Lord your God to provoke him to anger, I will call heaven and earth witness against you this day that you will soon utterly perish from the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. You will not prolong your days in it. You will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve God's, the work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there... You will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And when you are in distress, and all these things come upon you in the latter days, 
when you turn to the Lord your God and obey his voice, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not forsake you, nor destroy you, nor forget the covenant of your fathers which he swore to them. And so I want you to notice here, verse 29, what, what he says. He says, but from there, you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart. He says, from there, you're going to seek him. Where is he talking about? Where have they gone? What place is he bringing to their attention? From where is God referring? Well, what he's referring to is the place of captivity. The place that they ended up because they rejected God. They rejected his government. They rejected his rule and reign in their lives. In the case of Judah, the place of captivity was Babylon. And what's interesting about that, the fact that they're back in Babylon, is if you remember, where did Abraham come from? Babylon. He came from Babylon. His dad was an idol maker. You know, so he was the Babylonian idol, not the American idol. That was bad. <laughs> His dad was an idol maker. Abraham, no doubt, grew up making idols. No doubt, Abraham himself was an idolater. And then one day, God speaks to Abraham and calls him out of Babylon and says, I want you to find a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm going to lead you. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to reveal myself to you. You're going to see the living God. And Abraham left Babylon to pursue the Lord, left his father's house seeking the Lord. And now Moses is saying, but you're going to come to a point in your life where you're going to reject God. And God isn't just going to take you back to Egypt. You're going to go all the way back to where you started from before you ever knew God. You're going to go all the way back to Babylon, all the way back to that first place. Here's the thing. It is possible for a child of God to backslide. It is possible for a child of God to go back to a place where they find themselves in captivity, where they're back under the power of the enemy, the one that God delivered them from. It's possible for that to happen. Jesus said to the church at Ephesus in Revelations chapter 2, he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And think about this. This is the church of Ephesus. This is the church that Paul started. This is the church that was born out of revival. Ephesus, was a, there was a mighty revival there. It caused a riot. There was such a revival in Ephesus. Paul ministered in Ephesus more than any other church that he ministered to. He was there the longest. They received the best teaching. I mean, imagine sitting under Paul's teaching as he's opening up the, the Old Testament, the Torah, the scriptures. And he says, wow, look, listen to this. God just showed me this last night. You're like, oh my goodness, that's good, Paul. What else you got? That's deep, Paul. They had the best teaching. It was a solid church. It was a good church, a well-taught church. In fact, when Paul wrote the letter of the, to the Ephesians, it's the only letter in the Bible where he's not dealing with a problem. In every other letter, he's writing 
addressing some kind of problem. To the Galatians, it was the, the churches in the region of Galatia was dealing with the Judaizers, those that were trying to bring them under the law. To the Corinthians, they had a whole list of problems they were dealing with. But when it came to Ephesus, Paul wrote about the model church. They were the model church. But something happened. Over time, something changed. And Jesus points it out. He says, I know your works. I have one thing against you. You've left your first love. Worship Life Radio with Holland Davis will continue right after this. Hi, this is Holland Davis, and I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in San Clemente. And I just want to take a moment and invite you to come and visit us at one of our Sunday morning services or to our midweek Bible study. Calvary Chapel San Clemente is a Jesus people community right here in the city of San Clemente, California. You know, we identify with our roots in the Jesus movement because that's where I came to Christ. And of course, that's where Calvary Chapel was born. When you come to our church, you're going to find a church that loves to worship the Lord with song. We love to study God's word verse by verse. And we love to share the love of God with other people. If that's the kind of church you're looking for, consider visiting us. You can find out all about us online at calvarysancomeni.org. We look forward to worshiping with you soon, and may God richly bless you. Now, let's continue with today's edition of Worship Life Radio. If you can look back over your life and remember a time when you were walking closer to the Lord than you are today, If there was a time when you were experiencing his presence and his power in your life in a greater way than you are right now, then you are in a backslidden state. You are in a backslidden state. There was a time when you were closer to God. There was a time when you were more on fire for God. There was a time when God had a higher priority in your life than he does today. That means you've fallen from that closeness you once had in your in a backslidden state. When we were kids, I think it's even before we were married, he, uh, he would have this backpack thing with, uh, it was a battery-powered guitar amp, and, he'd, and he's a shredder guitar player, and we would go down to the parkway in Escondido and where they, they, they'd cruise up and down, and we'd, we, he would go and he'd start shredding on his guitar, and we'd get a crowd, and then we would just preach the gospel to him. We were crazy. I remember one time we went to, a, to the Newport Beach Pier and we were just fired up to preach the gospel to whoever and I saw a guy with spiky hair and I started preaching the gospel with all my vigor and this friend came up to me and says, oh, you know, he, he's deaf, he can't understand you. <laughs> we're crazy, man, crazy for the Lord. And so you're either gonna be in one of two places. Either you're in that place where you're slowly drifting or you're in that place where you're seeking the Lord with all that's within you. Where you're living in that place where you're awake. Your senses are awakened to the Spirit of God and you're awakened to His love for you and you want Him to be number one. And you're pursuing Him with all that's within you. And that's my prayer that, that that's the place you would be in. That you would be in that place of of being awakened to the love of God and that today, if your love isn't renewed for God, that today your love would be renewed, that your relationship with God would be renewed, that he would set you on fire for him. 
Some people have gone so far back from the Lord, they're no longer in fellowship with God's people. We see them in the church today. In our church, we have those that have slipped so far back, they're no longer fellowshipping. Some have gone so far back, they're back into captivity. They're under bondage to the very things that God delivered them out of before they went God. There are some that have gone so far back that they're in worse bondage. And I found that often to be true when, when a believer, a child of God who has tasted the things of heaven falls back into the world. They go further. They go deeper. Case in point, Katy Perry. I remember when she was Katie Hudson, came to our church, led worship for us. I have a little CD on it where she says, when I grow up, I want to be just like Mr. Holland's opus. That's what she used to call me. And yet she's not in that place today. She's gone further. Some have unfortunately begun to worship the gods of this world. They worship the God of Molech, the God behind abortion, who promises power and success if you sacrifice your baby. That's the number one reason, by the way, that women get aborted, abort their children, is because it gets in the way of their careers. They don't want it to mess up their careers, and so they make the decision to end the life of a child. They worship the gods of pleasure, pornography, homosexuality, adultery, fornication, drunkenness, getting stoned. I know many Christians, I know marriages that are on the verge of divorce because of the legalization of marijuana now. and The husband just sits around getting stoned all day long because it's legal. It's okay to do as a Christian. There's no laws against it. What's wrong? And what people forget is that behind all of these things are demonic powers. Demonic powers. And you know what? They actually like it that it's legal. Because now they don't have to hide. Now they don't have to deceive you. Now they don't have to be in the secret. They're right out front. They're leading people astray right from the front. So it doesn't matter if it's legal or not. It doesn't change the spiritual dynamic that's behind it. And there is a spiritual dynamic behind it. The writer of Hebrews warned in Hebrews 2, Therefore we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Away means to literally be carried away by the current. To be carried away by the current. And what a great way to describe what happens to so many people who simply drift away from their relationship with God. It happens so slowly. It happens so subtly that you don't even realize it's happening. I used to go out and have board meetings at Old Man's. And those of you that don't know what Old Man's is, it's, it's a surf spot over by the power plant, San, San Onofre. And the Lord blessed me recently with a new board, a really nice board, so I can go out and start having board meetings again. God is good. He loves me. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, when I went to Old Man's, I actually had to work out for like six months just so I could paddle beyond the first set of waves because it's a long paddle to get out to where the waves are. You know, and so you're just like worn out. When I would go out, my arms were dead. And, you know, and I'd be looking at all these like buff guys are they're, and they're like, you know, it's like, how do you do that? They're not even like their, their chest is even on their board. They're like, you know, and so I tried it like two strokes 
And then that was it. I was dead. I, was, I just had to float back in. But, you know, you just work up. You get to where you can go out there. And you finally get out there. And all you want to do is rest. And you're sitting on your board. And you're just looking out for the waves to come in. And without knowing it, you're just drifting down the beach. And, you know, because you're not looking at anything. So you don't even know how far you're drifting until you finally turn around and you see that point of reference on the shore that stable point of reference, that fixed point of reference. And then all of a sudden you realize like, oh my goodness, I've, I've floated all the way like a half mile down the beach. I got to get back. So you start with your board and you go back up to the beach and then you're dead by the time you get there and you just got to rest again. And then you start floating again. It's like a constant battle just to stay where you can catch the wave. But it's like that. Unless you're looking at a fixed reference point, it's easy to allow yourself to be floated, swept away, drifting down with the current, not even realizing it's imperceptible. Don't even see it happening. And one of the problems in our society today is that we've moved a fixed point of references. It's no longer based on the word of God. The nation has departed from the word of God. And so we don't have that fixed point that tells us that we've drifted away. No longer is marriage between a man and a woman for the purpose of being fruitful and multiplying, which is why marriage was created, that we were to be fruitful and to multiply. But now marriage is about love. That's why you get married, because you love each other. And so it's all about love. And if it's all about love and two people love each other, then why can't they be married? Who cares if they're the same sex? They love each other. How can you deny two people who love each other? And then that fixed point of reference begins to move slowly, imperceptibly, and you begin to drift. By the way, do you know where this redefinition of marriage started? Do you know when it really became unhinged in our country? There's actually a date, 1970. Do you know what happened in 1970? In 1970, in the state of California, a law was signed. And it was the law that had to do with no-fault divorce. No-fault divorce. And so no longer was marriage valued. It was devalued. And now when two people don't get along, they don't love each other, there's no fault. You just split 50-50, go your way. And do you know who signed that law in California? Was it some evil liberal Democrat? It was Ronald Reagan, one of the best presidents that the United States ever had. But he changed marriage when he did that unhinged it from the scriptures. I hope you enjoyed the program today. You know, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You know, there's going to be a day when all of us are going to stand before Jesus, and only those who have surrendered their life to him will spend eternity with him. 
Don't you want to be part of those that spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? You can pray this simple prayer and mean it with all your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I confess that you have raised from the dead. Forgive me of all my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the power to live for you all the days of my life. If you've prayed that prayer, then I can say with assurance that you will be saved on that day. Are you in the valley or on the mountain? Wherever you're at, we want to be with you here on Worship Life Radio. Need a place to get started? Go to calvarysanclemente.org without delay. There you'll find a smattering of everything from teachings to podcasts to involvement opportunities. We want you to grow in your walk with Christ and be surrounded by a community that loves Jesus. If you're in the area of San Clemente, California, come join us for a Sunday morning worship time at 8.30 or 10.30. If you've got somewhere else you have to be, why not come to our Thursday evening Bible study at 6.30? Scripture tells us that the Word of God doesn't return void. That's a reassuring thought, that he'll not go back on what he says. So, know that Jesus loves you and desires daily conversations with you. If you were challenged or uplifted by today's message from Pastor Holland Davis and Worship Life Radio, please consider donating under the Give tab located at calvarysanclemente.org. We appreciate you and don't take for granted your financial support. Worship Life Radio is a ministry out of San Clemente, California, committed to speaking the name of Christ. We're so glad that you've been part of today's edition in the book of Deuteronomy. Now may the Lord bless you and those whom you love and especially those whom nobody loves. Thanks for spending time with us today. Make sure to tune in again here on Worship Life Radio. Have you ever wondered what it means to be saved? What are you saved from? Is salvation only about going to heaven? Pastor Holland's message series, So Great a Salvation, will answer these questions and help you discover the rich, abundant life salvation brings. Order your personal copy of So Great a Salvation at worshipliferadio.com.